Hello and welcome to the Gashkia Family Pubcast. Um, this is the October 2013 edition. I'm your host, Benjamin Fagwadapoli. And today I'm going to cover a little bit of news about the upcoming events that we have going on. The first of which is our Extra Life event coming November 2nd. We are doing this for the third straight year um, to try to raise some money for the Children's Miracle Network and help some kids who are looking for a second chance at life. Um, this event will be a 24-hour segment where we will have events running all day long from 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. Um, we'll have um, mainly GW2 events going on in Wolfie World and in PVE. So if you're looking for something to do on November 2nd, we will have something going on pretty much all hours of the day. So feel free to come on out and enjoy it. Um, secondly, we have October's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We're showing our support by turning everything pink. We've turned our emblems pink. We've turned our logos pink. We've turned our social media pink. We've gone pink everywhere. And uh, you can help support this cause by uh, going pink this month and just showing your support. Um, I recently had my own mother be diagnosed with breast cancer who happens to have been able to fight it and uh, is now 100% cancer free. And I, it's really kind of opened my eyes to the, the whole thing and I, I really wanted to show my support to both my mom and all the other women out there that are fighting breast cancer. And uh, so we decided that we would turn everything pink this, this month. And uh, so the month of pink, the Goshkia and the uh, Sink of Rock and the events logo will be pink. It'll turn back to its normal green color come November. Um, to, earlier today we did the Goshkia family um, tutorial on being a member of the family. If you're interested in checking out that video, you can go to www.twitch.tv slash the Goshkia family, or you can check us out on YouTube. That would be the episode three, being a member. Next, I would like to uh, thank everyone for 12 wonderful years of Goshkia family history. On November 9th, we'll be getting together for our 12th, State of the Family dress, and we'll be covering pretty much everything that's happened in the past year, as well as the direction that we're moving in the next year. So um, it's a really big thing. I will be live streaming it. Um, we'll have uh, a, a special reveal, and maybe even a guest speaker. We'll see. Um, so that would be November 9th. I believe I have it scheduled for 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific. So be sure to set it on your calendars. Um, this month we also heard that uh, the Chapter 2 Warhammer Online um, will be leaving the airspace come December. As of December, it will be no more. It will be completely offline, um, stuck in the archives. So for those of you that joined us since 2008, um, when we first ventured into there to 2010, 2011. Um, you know, we had some great times, some fun adventures, definitely some epic memories. And I wanted to open up the floor today and let some of our members share their uh, memories of Warhammer Online so that we can let this beast go down in history as something that was very much a legend and a very wonderful game to play in this day. Is there anyone out there that would like to comment on Warhammer Online and share their favorite memory?
Okay, I'll start. Go for um, it. I think, I think the fondest memories is getting together, getting up early Sunday morning, and getting um, old Roar and myself, and starting out with the two of us, and then getting five of us, and then getting two squads, and then taking the fight all the way from the beginning to City Siege. Yeah, it was just how it how it exploded and and flowed and and how much fun it was. Yeah, one of the things I was really good at was being able to take just start with one guy, then get two guys, and then three guys. And then before you know it, there's this giant army following you around everywhere you go, just taking whatever's in your path and. It was really a great kind of plug-and-play game where you can just drop in, drop out as needed, and have a really awesome experience. Uh, I actually didn't wasn't part of the family, but I did play Warhammer. I'd say one of the best things about the game was the collision and like how that impacted the game. And I'm hoping that some developer takes that and implements that because I think that makes like keep sieges and takes just another level of play i would agree um, as a person that built a lot of our tactics off of um collision including our pandora's box which was widely popular um, always a hit with the crowd um, we stood up to forces that were four times our size with that thing and it was just having the collision there and able being able to use it they were able to phase people in, let one wave come through, close the door behind them, uh, basically form a human door and then melt everything that came inside, then reopen that door again and watch as the guys outside just kind of say, uh, I'm not going in there. You're not going in there. What, 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 what should we do? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I remember uh, doing the same. I mean, having 15 people versus, you know, uh, 50 plus just because you have you know, a tank wall of six people with, you know, healers. And it was, it was amazing. It, it really added tactics to positioning. Yep. And it, it definitely adds that factor of, you know, you can't just walk through people like you can in some other uh, RBR style games. Yep. It lets you tank in PVP, which uh, I just, I haven't played another game like that. Of course, I didn't get to experience Dark Age of Camelot, but... Dark Age was a uh, transparent people. You can walk right through them. I, uh, I came to understand what Gashkia uh, was, how big it was uh, in um, Warhammer. I was with another guild. Uh, we would get on the field, and um, because of the ease of how you could build warbands in that game, uh, you could end up, as you said, taking two or three or five people and uh, very quickly end up with four um, bands, uh, four or five bands of, um, oh, I can't even remember what it was, whether it was 20 or 30 in each band, and um, uh, go from one end to the other uh, and end up with uh, the Tuapa Alliance and, and because of that understanding how massive a massively multiplayer game can be. Yeah, I can tell you that our, our one of my biggest memories in 
probably biggest achievements that we had was it was during our uh, Battle for Badlands series. We had an event that was at the same time as the stress test for the new city on the PPS server. And I remember getting a call from Andy Belford, who was one of the community guys from uh, Mythic at the time, and he uh, he called me up and said, "Hey man, what the hell are you doing on the server? Um, alarms are going off like crazy." And on our side, we had over 800 people fighting it out in one zone. It was just insane. I mean, there was literally, you know, Old War had his raid, and and Prissy had her raid, and we were all doing different things at the same time, and. There was just literally 800 people on one map together, invisibility of everyone, and just bombs going off everywhere, you know, all hell breaking loose. And it was probably one of the funnest times that we ever had, and that was, was what, Dragon Wake at the time? It was just phenomenal battles, and, I mean, battles that didn't just happen in, you know, a two-minute period. It was battles that took place over an hour, you know. And that was just some of the, the really great fights that we had, and one of the really great things about Warhammer that I have yet to see in any other game is just really, really massive, epic battles. So, if for anyone that is wanting to play Warhammer Online again, I would highly recommend resubscribing for a month or two, give your farewell. December 18th, it goes offline permanently. It will not resurface. Um, the licensing deal between EA and Games Workshop has come to an end. And pretty much at this point, it's going to be a DOA product. So um, if you want to relive some of those memories, I hear there's still a pretty good community going on over there. Um, still should be some action to find. So next, I wanted to cover some of the new patches that have hit Guild Wars 2 over the past month. We've had Twilight Assault, which brought a new level 80 path to Twilight Arbor, new World Reward uh, match rewards, new achievement rewards, new exotic nightmare weapons, and Aether Chess. Um, before that, we had Tequadal Rising, which introduced a rebuilt Tequadal fight. Um, it was... Uh, quite the challenge for the first two days and then people figured it out and stopped crying about it and start, started going to work and, and defeating it. So uh, we as a family have a team that's getting put together and trying to beat it regularly. We have several people who have uh, helped other guilds and other community groups get together and beat it. I know several members of our family have seen it die and have seen how it dies. So it, it's really at this point a let's pull our knowledge together and um, if you're interested in joining the fight, uh, talk to Prissy because she's been trying to pull all the information she can and together a really good time. Um, in a minute here, I'll open up the floor and let you guys talk about your experiences with Tuquanel. Um They also did a, a minor polish of the other bosses and gave us a new World v. World ability for Flame Ram Mastery, which, if you haven't tried yet, is a really nice thing to try. Um, getting Ironhide anytime you're on a ramp is nice. Um, the, I think it's tier 5 where you can basically give Ironhide to everyone around you um, is really nice. Even when it's not... Uh, one of the things that we did just last night was when the door fell down, the person with Ironhide jumped on the ram, casted off Ironhide, and we were fighting them in the doorway with the Ironhide buff. 
and it was uh, definitely helping out. Now uh, we ended up defeating a force that was a lot bigger than we were um, just by having the iron hide. So I wanted to open up the floor and, and let people talk about the, the new Tequatl fight. It's no longer just a stand in one spot and swing your sword. It's it's really become kind of a, a raid mechanic, and it's the first real raid mechanic that we've seen in Guild Wars 2. And I and I, I understand that they're trying to do this across the board on the other fights, but um, what are you guys' perspectives um, of the new Tequatl fight? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you, you know, are you looking forward to other things in the future? Yeah, hi. Um, well, I loved it to the to the point that it, it was something completely different. And like you said, it wasn't just standing around doing nothing and just beating and like beating the boss down. Um, the key the key factor to all of it is leadership. Without a good organized group, it is impossible. I've I've I was part of the group. Um, that uh, the the first uh, the first SOR group that killed them under with just over four minutes left, and the leadership was amazing. We had uh, a bunch of different leaders from several different servers, and uh, it was just an amazing fight. And I mean, that's the key to everything: is the leadership, knowing what to do, when to do it. It's, it's standing around doing nothing is just going to get us, you know, killed and. And every every person has to do their own part. So, thank you. I'm gonna try it again on Sunday, um, as close to 6 p.m. server as we can. Once again, we'll do the same thing. We'll group up and we'll try to find an overflow. Um, one of the thing I want everybody to remember when they come to this is last time we had 61 people in raid call. Those are people who have been there, and probably 20 of us had seen the fight. The other 40, it was their very first exposure to it. And those who have run with me before know that's pretty cool. That's the reason why I do them is so that people who have not run with anything but family can come out and see. We got him down to 75% and I was impressed and we did an awesome job. Um, I'm expecting everybody to come out and do it again on Sunday. And I, someone said, how long will I do this? And I told them I'll do this until as a guild we get him down. So um, I am ready for a dragon for dinner, so I think Sunday night should be a date. One thing that, uh, you know, building on the Tequato fight um, that they introduced, I think, to Guild Wars was proper preparation. Um, and I don't mean this in the, you know, oh, you have to run a certain spec and do a certain DPS, but, um, you know, it's, it's a learning experience and you're not going to be able to you know, I use the term face roll through it, but, you know, and also there are also things out there that can help you um, and and coming to prepared to win was good to see them kind of, you know, add that to the game and, and, you know, the different things that you can bring along, you know, the preparation that goes into it, the leadership that was touched upon. Uh, I think that's vital to end game content. Yeah, I really see that the the new rebirth of these these epic dragons is really helpful to Guild Wars 2's audience. I mean, that for the longest time we haven't really had anything 
that really made us work together. It was just kind of just show up and swing your sword and it dies. And there's no real challenge involved. And this is the first thing that was thrown at the community that was something that you were meant to lose unless you did everything perfect. And um, I, I really hope that they continue this trend and start rebuilding some of these old fights that we've pretty much become stale with and give us some of this real challenge. You know, make these fights that take coordination and preparation and, you know, people working together as a community be able to overcome. And I think that we should see a lot of these in the future. Which brings me to my next um, topic, which is the, the future development of the World v. World Seasons, which is set to start, I believe, next week. Um, this is a tournament system. Uh, pretty much each week we are going to be facing different opponents. Each week we will gain points based on the opponents that we beat and how many uh, how many people or how many different teams we beat. So if we place fourth first, we'll get a certain amount of points. If we place second, we'll get a certain amount of points. If we place third, you'll get a certain amount of points. And then each week you move up a little ladder. And I believe it's a seven-week league. So over the course of seven weeks, whoever comes out with the most points will basically be the champion of that season. Um, and the way that they're setting it up, it looks like we're going to have buffs that carry over it from week to week um, so that by winning this week, it'll help us next week. And uh, I'm really kind of looking forward to this. I wanted to kind of get your perspectives and see what your hopes and dreams and uh, how you think that this will impact the world of Guild Wars. Um, one thing that I've always thought was necessary for a good PvP or World of World environment was the, the spirit of competition. And if you are not playing for a reason, um, and you're only playing for pride, I think that only goes so far with certain people. Um, it's certainly a great reason to play, and it would be nice if everybody bought into that, but the sense of community of an us versus them um, and a rivalry, I think, and a healthy rivalry, not a not an unhealthy one where you hate each other but you respect your enemy. Um, I, I think that adds a lot to those environments, knowing your enemy and recognizing them on the battlefield and respecting them. And so the the sense of we're fighting for something, we're fighting for um, the pride, the the win, that sort of thing, uh, is nice. Now, are we planning any type of family events based on this um, instead of like, uh, you know, the Saturday night or Thursday night events? Are they going to be based on the world versus world? We have several world v. world events every week. They're pretty much going to stay the same that they've been. Um, the, you know, there's not really much else that we can do. I mean, one of the biggest factors that we have is when we try to run early, early week uh, primetime slots, we run into queues at a terrible level where we can only get 10, 15 people on map at a time. And that really hurt our family early on, um, trying to squeeze people through those queues. I um, mean, we're not looking to do that. So we usually stick to the later half of the week uh, for our main events. I know Spartan likes to run on Saturdays at 6, um, if he's available. And then I have my, um, my European slash Oceanic 
events late night um, from 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. Um, and then I also have Thursday, which is Worldly World. And I believe uh, Caitlin runs Worldly World daily um, in the mornings. So we, we all have little shifts here and there and run them. Okay, since Fog called me out, I'll go ahead and uh, take a second here to speak. Um, my thoughts on the seasons. Fantastic. This is something that is going to give us work. We are, uh, we're finally fighting for, fighting for something, um, just like it was said. Um, it's a uh, structure to the World v. World rankings, basically, now. Um, and... When they were first talking about Seeds of Twelve, I was scared to death because I didn't want to face a 12-seed server because it was going to be boring. Um, but with what I've heard recently, I believe, with the new structure, um, that, that excites me more. Um, I think the, the, the new structure is going to work out better. Um, but uh, the other thing is... As soon as I start feeling better, guys, my Monday night event, I'm hoping to do that weekly since somebody was asking about that. Um, I'm also hoping to bring back my reset night event. Um, and yeah, seasons are great. Anyone else have any thoughts or perspectives on the new seasons? Do you know how they plan on ranking our first event? Um, do they plan on like matching us, like matching us up against the another tier one server, or how's that going to work? The tiers are pretty much going to go away. They have their, you know, the, basically at the last week, whoever's above the fold will be part of League A, and whoever's below the fold is going to be part of League B. And those teams are going to get randomized, and you're going to play different teams every week. So whoever's in that top tier. Or the top league is are you're going to play each of them? It's kind of like a, a football league, you know. You're going to play. You're going to have a schedule, and you're going to play this this team and this team this week, and then that team and that team next week. And overall, your your overall score is going to dictate where you your standing is in the league. Gotcha. So I guess I can assume that that SOR is going to be on the league A. Yes, uh, most likely. Unless something really weird happens, and I don't know how that would be. Yeah, yeah it's, based off of, people. it's based off of the current predicated rankings, from what I've heard. So, from what the I've the the what they've released, the current predicated rankings. When we go into, you know, the what we see on Dol uh, not Dolphies, but uh, the Millennium, and what they have on the like their uh, API, I think is what it's called. Yep. That stuff, uh, yeah, the, the top six is going to be League One, the next nine is League Two, and the third nine, uh, or sorry, the, the next nine after that is going to be League Three. Because it's three leagues to match uh, what they have set up in Europe as well, I believe is the way that they have it set up. I believe so. Um, I do remember they changed something recently, but I can't remember what that was. Did they um, also mention some sort of time frame at all of how long these leagues are going to last before? Seven weeks. They get... Gotcha. And then it, after each of these seven-week leagues, there will be a big world-to-world -world patch, and then it'll start up the next league. 
that following week. So basically what they're doing is they're making seven-week um, cycles for World of the World content. So nothing will get introduced World of the World-wise between the start of one league and the start of the next, or the, the start of the next. It will basically be in between the two leagues, we'll get the World of the World patch, and then we'll play another seven weeks and then get another World of the World patch. Now, what about the maps? Any idea of what the maps will look like, or are they going to be existing? They're the same ones, same same maps that we've been playing on. It's just a different way of doing the, the pairings and the matchups. Aside from that, um, we did see the Super Adventure Box make its reappearance with uh, the account-wide Magic Find, uh, Crafted Descended Weapons, and Legendary Weapon Updates. Um, that was pretty much all of the new stuff that came into Guild Wars 2 in the past month. Um, I did want to share a little behind the scenes of Chapter 5. Uh, many of you know that our number one right now has been Elder Scrolls Online. It's pretty much the only game that seems to fit all of our criteria. Um, we did have a, a close second, but we have no idea when it's possibly coming to America, and that's Bless Online. Um, we've continued to watch this over the past two years. It's been a phenomenal game. I mean, the, the design is, is phenomenal. They're, they're doing two-realm RVR. Um, there's a lot of things in there that look really fabulous, but again, they, they built an American website that is still in Korean, I don't know why they call it an American website when you got to use Google Translate to translate it, but it's supposed to be an American website. But um, we have no idea when it's coming to America, um, if it does. Um, so it's kind of a, wow, look at that shiny, only we can play it type of game. So um, our number three was Camelot Unchained. It's very hard to resist the urge to go play Ancient Celts and, uh, you know, reconnect with Mark Jacobs. He's been a personal friend of mine for got a decade now so it would be kind of nice to to go play his game again but you know the the biggest setback with Camelot Chain is that there is no PvE and being we have the vast majority of our players that enjoy PvE that kind of kick out the vast majority of our players so that one was pretty much a eh, if they change their their idea then maybe it would be a potential um, we also looked at EverQuest next and Landmark um, we're kind of following the developments there and we're really hoping for some kind of siege warfare, but so far we've seen nothing of the sort. It's uh, looking like it's going to be a return to EverQuest 1 in the fact that it's just PvE, lots of content, lots of story, but nothing in the, the world of siege warfare. Next one we were looking at was Lineage Eternal. They're going back to their Diablo-like look where you're top down and the, the camera is controlled by the game itself. So if you're walking around a corner, it's going to pan around so that you can see um, kind of a cinematic approach. Um, it looks really interesting, but again, there's no idea on uh, PvP. We don't know if there's even going to be any. Um, and um, we don't know when it's coming to America, but we did have confirmation from NCSoft that as soon as Wildstar ships, um, they're going to begin testing the Alpha in America, and I should have a connection there if anyone's interested in testing that. Definitely mark so on your profile on the Vashka site, and I can try to put you in contact with the right people. Um, and then the number six that we were looking at was Pathfinder Online. Um, Eth brought this to our attention a while ago, 
and when you continuously watch it, they've got several hurdles that they got to clear. But um, so far, it's looking like it's going to have a pretty good audience, but I'm just really not certain that it's the right fit for us. So while most of my newsletters have been talking about ESO, it's mainly because none of the other games that we've looked at have even remotely come close. Uh, ESO seems to be the only one that really has all the pieces that we need. Um, so it's it, it's really uh, it's been a fun experience, and I've I've got a lot of knowledge on these other games that we've been watching over the, the past years, and uh, you know it, it's really kind of cool to see the the changes that are happening in the game development industry and the, the new technology that's coming out. Um, a lot of um, destroyable terrain seems to be appearing, so like an EverQuest Next, Bless Online. Um, they're they're all even Lineage Eternal, they all have destructible environments. So you can blow holes in walls, you can blow holes in the floor, um, you, can, you can move things, you know, where it's not like you're you're fighting in the can anymore. You're, you can start thinking creatively and say, hey, you know what, instead of going to the front door, why don't we breach a wall? Um, and that, that's kind of a really neat thing. So yeah, it's, it's a continuous search for that Chapter 5 home. Um, I think we're getting closer, but you know, we can't say for certain right now. Um, and then I did have the opportunity to sit down with the guys over at um, Glorious Victus, which is a new indie MMO being developed out of Poland. The people working on this are the same people that brought Neverwinter Nights to life. Um, that's the original, not the remake or the, the sequel. Um, they also worked on Witcher 1 and 2 and Baldur's Gate and the Gothic series. So um, they got lots of talent over there, and uh, the, the really cool part is that I first approached them after doing some of their tech demos. Um, they were trying to build a world that was full realm RVR, um, which is set in each of the different types of mythologies. That you had the European Celts, you had the Romans, the Persians, and the Slavic empires. And uh, you know, any game that has Celts in it, I definitely want to look at. So it's a uh, I started talking to them, and then they found out that I run a very large community, so they started popping the question of hey, what, what would I think about you know, designing a, a guild draft of what your ideal guild would be. And I submitted this draft, and they not only liked it, but uh, they, they basically wanted me to, to help them develop the guild system in their game. So um, I've been working closely with them over the past few months, and um, if anyone's wanting to get involved in building a game, like, not just testing a game. I mean, right now it's even pre-alpha. Um, they're probably six, seven months away from alpha. Um, but you can really see things from the start of a game development to the finish of a game development. It's a really good experience. So if you if you like testing games or if you want to be a game developer, you want to get involved with something, you can go on gashgate.com and go to your testing profile on your profile page. And click off that you want to try testing Glorious Victus. And uh, you can try to put you in contact with the right people to get you in. Uh, it'll be a pretty fun game. I don't foresee it becoming a Goshki game, but it'd be a really cool experience for you to get some hands on on a game that's still in its infancy and still being developed. And your thoughts can change the outcome of an entire game. So. Other than that, I really wanted to send out a congratulations to. Puka and Castile, uh, they recently got engaged, so uh, congratulations to them. We also have Vivrip, 
who uh, had his little girl. Uh, congratulations to him. And Olga and Jeff um, just got married. So uh, I really wish them all a very happy, happy life. And I look forward to seeing pictures and getting updates on those updates. Um, but that's pretty much it for this month. I would really like to thank you all for coming out and sharing some perspectives with me. Um, we'll be back next month. Uh, next month is our big State of the Family address. So if you want to know what's going on in our family and want to know what happened over the past year or just want to catch up, um, that'll definitely be the one to attend. So that will be November 9th. So I'll talk to you all then. Have a good one.